Good morning or good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Herf's Huddle, Chicago Bears podcast presented by Joseph Herf. For those of you who don't know me or my work, you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Herf NFL for all tweets, articles, and reactions surrounding the Bears. So today, um, bringing it back, it's been a while. I think last time I uploaded was uh, end of June-ish. Um, been real busy with a lot of stuff going on lately, and now with the Bears kind of having news come back, kind of have to get this thing going again. I'm going to be regularly uploading um during the season at least twice a year uh for uh previews of games slash recaps um and you know discussing any sort of news that does come out so obviously with the news that came on on friday this will be coming out saturday so this will be a day behind but um decided you know what let's get this going again training camps going again news have been happening so might as well record so today um i'm going to be discussing the updates from training camp that have happened so far who's looking good, what's been going on, um, along with any news surrounding the Bears up to date. Um, and then I'm going to be continuing my prediction. I know last time we had an episode, I predicted the offense's 53-man roster, or the or the Bears' 53-man roster uh, on the offensive side of the ball. This time I'm going to be discussing the defensive side of the ball. So um, I'll cover also who I think will start, who will be possibly fringe, and uh, who can make the practice squad potentially as well. So for training camp so far, there has been a lot of news that have happened since I obviously last covered it. I'm going to cover mainly the important stuff I've seen. Um, obviously, I haven't been there. Unfortunately, can't get off work during the week to be able to make a, uh, a day out of it. Um, and the weekend tickets sold out, quote unquote, sold out since they were free. Sold out in, I think it was like two minutes. And I was at work when they went out, so I didn't have a chance to snag them, unfortunately. Hopefully next year. Uh, the Bears do something a little different with training camp so more people can get to it to watch. Obviously, they don't like a ton of people being there because it's about getting ready for the year. They really don't want – they're not there to impress the fans, but, you know, you know the story. So, um, so far today, we'll talk about the big news that happened today. Um, I'm going to butcher his name all year long, but I'm going to have to try and get it down. Um, the Bears announced finally they've signed a defensive end that has actually some sort of pedigree, um, and that's defensive end Yannick Ngagwe. Um, a little bit about him. He's bounced around as of recently a lot. He was originally drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was part of that, uh, part of their playoff run they had in 2017. I think it was, um, I think he posted, he posted 12 sacks that year. He had a monster season. And that was the year, you know, that Blake Bortles led them to the playoffs. They just had an absolute stacked defense from top to bottom. And that defense was obviously dismantled within years. He was part of it. Uh, he was demanding a bigger contract after being a monster for them. And he's bounced around since. He got he went to the Vikings, got traded midseason to the Ravens, um, left the Ravens, eventually played for the Raiders, then the Colts, and now he's on the Bears. Um, just because someone has bounced around that much, especially a defensive end at that age, um, not that bad of a thing to worry about. I would say he has been signing a lot of one-year deals for that reason. He is mainly a pass-rushing specialist. Not... Iravus said he was a third down, a three down defensive end. I personally don't believe that's what he's best used as. I think he's best used as a rotational defensive end uh, that plays, you know, 60% to 70% of the snaps just coming in on the, you know, second and third down plays where, you know, it's basically a passing down and, and you can have people help him out on the rushing plays. Obviously you can still have rushing plays on those second and third down, but um, I think they got to have better run stoppers back there, but a little bit about him. Last two years, two different teams. He's had he had 19 and a half sacks in those two years. 
since 2016, he is the only player to have eight sacks every single season. He is just absolute monster as a pass rusher. Like I said, his uh, his run stopping does need a lot of improvement. But if anybody can help Miles Eberflus, who believes he can, um, people say he's a good fit. Uh, not really entirely sure that he is a great fit just because isn't great at stopping the run, and that's kind of what Eberflus loves his DNs to do. The Bears did announce that they think he's a great fit. They think that he fits the scheme well and that he's played in the scheme. I don't also think he has. He never played it for Eberflus at all. Um, but overall, again, I love the signing. They needed a D-end. If I had to grade it, I graded a, uh, a solid A. I want to say it's an A+, because they did give him a decent amount of money. But obviously with a player of that caliber, he was probably trying to go to a uh, to a contending team, and you had to sway him a little by offering a little more money. So overall, I take it. It's a good signing. The other major signing that, well, I wouldn't call it major by any means, but the other major signing that happened today uh, was Mercedes Lewis signed a one-year, $2 million deal to play for the Bears. A um, little about him. He is, I believe he just, I'm trying to find the tweet. I think he just broke the record uh, for most consecutive seasons playing, most consecutive seasons playing the NFL. Yep. Yeah, so he, this will be his 18th NFL season, breaking a tie with Jason Wynn and Tony Gonzalez for the most ever played. Um, he's already 30, he's 39 years old. Um, basically, he's just a blocking tight end, which the Bears have needed. You're sticking Cole Komet to do most of that dirty work and do the receiving work, and it's just you can tell that you're wasting his potential by making him do all of it with no help. Obviously, they added another receiving tight end in Robert Tunyon, also from the Packers. Now they added the blocking tight end from the Packers in Mercedes Lewis. Last season, he averaged about 41% of the offensive snaps of their team. Um, he only got targeted seven times, but he caught six of the passes, scored two touchdowns. He didn't allow a sack last year or a quarterback hit. Allowed a, allowed a total of two QB pressures and didn't give up any penalties last year or the year before. So overall, again, you're getting a blocking tight end that does all the dirty work, allows Cole Komet to do a little more. What I expect with this signing is I expect the Bears to be running a lot out of 12 personnel then. I mean, if we see a similar snap count for Mercedes Lewis, he won't be the only tight end on the field if he's on the field. They're going to have another tight end, whether that's Tunyon or Komet, most likely Komet, paired with him so that you can have either two tight ends both chipping at the defensive ends to help your offensive tackles, or you're going to have them stacked on one side to either run a lot of play action with crossing routes, um, run some power downhill power runs. Again, this signing is just a great pickup. For that exact reason, it allows you to mix up what you can do. Whereas if the Bears were going to be running 12 personnel, that normally means that you're going to have Komet who has to stay back and block with Tunyon running routes. Now this time, you can mix it all up. You can have Mercedes Lewis coming to block with Komet on the wing. You could have Komet and Mercedes Lewis on the opposite sides of the field. You could have Komet split out Mercedes Lewis in line. You can do a lot of different things basically with what they got now with this signing. Now in terms of what's been going on at training camp, um, some players that have stood out so far, Kyler Gordon, he's been balling. He had that really cool video of him um, celebrating after an interception. Super cool Spider-Man Spider celebration. Um, has some absolute hops. It's crazy. His athletic ability is insane. Um, he's been a big presence in the run defense, sniffing out screen plays. He's been awesome. He is looking like the nickel corner we expect him to develop into. Gervon Dexter has looked like an absolute monster and a handful of size, power, versatility, speed. He's just been awesome. Um, he's looking definitely like worth the pick that we use on him. And having him next to Andrew Billings is going to help a ton. 
Chase Claypool surprisingly has looked like a reliable target after facing all the hate this offseason. Plus, he went on the pup for a day, so that scared the people a little bit. Um, he's looked awesome. And then as he's kind of looked, honestly, like it sounds weird to say, but he's looked like the second favorite target of field so far with DJ Moore obviously still being the strong connection um, and the consistent go-to if Fields has no one else to go to. Darnell Mooney, I haven't honestly, like I said, I'm not there. I can't say that I'm, I know what's going on. This is me just repeating what I've been reading and relaying it to you guys all in one video or episode, but it sounds like Darnell Mooney hasn't gotten as much attention. Again, I don't, I don't know if he's actually been practicing lately. I, I probably should check that before I even say that. Um, let's see here. I know he was hurt, obviously, and he was coming back. I, I could have sworn he is back. He's not on these injury updates I'm reading right now. Um, I haven't heard a ton about him, honestly. And that's, I mean, obviously he's probably making plays. He's probably doing his job. It's just been more fixated, um, on the fact that it's been a lot of Chase Claypool doing his job. Um, yeah, I'm reading some good stuff from Mooney, but I think that right now it's been mainly... DJ Moore and Chase Claypool from what I've been reading. Again, that could be, you know, Twitter just pushing to me more Chase Claypool content. Um, but again, it's looking like Fields is spreading the ball around a lot regardless, which is also a great thing to see. For the most part of training camp so far, the offense has just been handing it to the defense. The other day, defense got the best of them for the first time. Um, and of course, Bears media that hates the Bears like Dan Widerer and Mark Potash blew it out of proportion. Um, usual, they just like to complain. And complain. Even Potash complained about the Yannick Ngawe signing. Somehow, he complained how we don't have DNs. We signed at the end, and now he's complaining more. So, just no surprise. As soon as the defense has a good day and they ball against a good offense, we want to complain. Um, Tyler Scott has been shining a lot with the second team, PJ Walker, and even when he's gotten work with the first team, he's looked good. Jaquan Brisker making plays. I saw a really cool clip of him making an interception where he just absolutely ran down a ball. Um, and Dante Foreman, he's showing the ability to catch ball out of the backfield. Obviously, besides that, haven't heard a ton from the running backs. I'd be curious to see now with pads on what that's looking like. And then in terms of injuries, I just closed it and I should pull it back up. Um, there's a few so far. I know recently Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis were sitting out at practice. But the new thing with the Bears this year that not the biggest fan of, but again, kind of nitpicking here, that they're uh, – they're not disclosing the injury unless it's a major one that's going to be out for a while. So at least if you know they're not talking about it, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And that's Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins. Both have our both our guards have been out. Demarcus Walker, Justin Jones, Jack Sanborn, Roshan Johnson, and Chase Allen all have been kind of just you know sitting out a little bit. We don't know what it is again. So it all depends. Um, so, again, that's kind of what I've seen so far. I wish I was there, which I could be there a few days. So I can give you at least an insight of what I'm seeing. Um, personally, I'm giving you my own insight. But, yeah, I'm just forwarding you guys the insight um, from what I've been seeing, plus along with the news. So, overall, stuff sounding good. This offense is sounding exciting. The defense adding Ngawi is going to be huge, and that should be exciting too. So, overall, I'm uh, pretty excited to see where a lot of these players are by the end of the season, especially guys like Ngawi, Gordon. Dexter Claypool. So um, next I'm going to be talking about the uh, 53-man roster prediction for the defensive side of the ball. Finally, I'm going to be ending my episode with the 53-man roster prediction. Um, this one was really tough. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, again, kind of like the offensive side of the ball, I'm trying to mirror what they did last year because 
if Iberflus is carrying them on players at each position, normally that means he wants to keep it similar uh, for substitute reasons, for um, keeping people fresh reasons, for injury reasons. So starting off at defensive end, um, this is right. I'm not sure about this group because there's six guys that I would keep here. I predicted they keep six just because one of them is flexible and can play interior as well. But that six is Yannick Ngawe, Travis Gibson. I believe they're the two starters. Some people have Demarcus Walker slated to start, but I think that Walker mixes in with Ngawe um, and Gibson kind of gets almost full-time opportunity. Dom Rob, Dominique Robinson, uh, Terrell Lewis, and Rasheem Green. So this is where it got tough because the Bears added Terrell Lewis this offseason probably as a camp body with that intention, and he's just torn it up. Uh, he kind of came out of the scene during it wasn't rookie minicamp, but it was one of their it was one of their OTAs where he just destroyed Darn All Right. Not great to hear. He's our starting right tackle and a rookie, but he looked awesome. And so far, he's apparently looked equally great in um in training camp. So I think he's proving his way to a practice spot or to a spot on the roster. I think if they do only keep five, I think he's the odd man out. He's the one that's tied to less money. You can stick him on a practice squad and. I don't think any teams try and snag him really that it will affect you, but that's what I see at defensive end. I've seen Galway, you know, racking up the sacks with mixing with Walker, Don Rob getting some pass rushing snaps as well, keep people fresh. But the nice thing about this group and the defensive tackle group that I'll get into is they can rotate a ton to keep people fresh. It's gonna be awesome. Defensive tackle, I have the two starters being Andrew Billings and then Justin Jones to start the year. I think Dexter takes over throughout the year, goes on. Um Gervon Dexter, and then Zach Pickens is the fourth guy. Rookie Zach Pickens probably will get some action uh, later on. Probably won't get too much action early on, given that he – I haven't heard a ton from him in camp so far. So, again, not really sure how he's doing, but Dexter's just been blowing up the scene. So, again, same thing. They can rotate there and keep that group fresh. You can mix it up and put just Dexter and Pickens. You can go Billings and Jones, Billings and Dexter, Billings and Pickens. You can cut that group up any way you want, and it will work. Linebacker, I have the three starters being TJ Edwards uh, at the Will, Tremaine Edmonds at the Mike, and Jack Sanborn at the uh, at the Sam, with the backups being Noah Sewell uh, and Dylan Cole. I think Sewell can play multiple spots at linebacker, and same as Dylan Cole. Plus, they will offer special teams ability, so it allows them to both make the roster. Um, and I think this is an elite core. I mean, you got, you got one of the best. You got a top five inside linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds. Arguably, I would argue that TJ Edwards is also top five, but he needs to back it up with another good season. Um, he just had an incredible year last year. He needs to back that up with another great year. And then Jack Sanborn burst out of the scene last year and just was the only linebacker worth a damn last season. So a great group there with a great backup in Noah Sewell, who's also a rookie. Cornerback, I have Jalen Johnson, Tyree Stevenson, and Kyler Gordon as the three starters. Uh, Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson starting on the outside. Kyler Gordon starting at the nickel with the backups being Kendall Vildor uh, and Terrell Smith on the outside and Josh Blackwell as the slot corner backup. So I didn't want to keep Kendall Vildor, I'll be honest, but I think he is a solid backup. It's hard to hate him as a backup when he knows the scheme. He's got a few years under his belt. He It seems like he fits what they want. Um, but he is being pushed by the two rookies. Tyreek Stevenson is, has looked awesome, apparently. So has Terrell Smith. They've both gotten action with the first-team starters consistently and have looked good. Jalen Johnson, he's in a contract here. He's got to prove it, especially with two rookies that are stepping it up. 
And Josh Blackwell kind of bursted on last year at the end of the year at the nickel spot when Kyler Gordon got injured at the end of the year and he was playing there and he looked solid. So overall, I like this group a lot too. I think if an injury happens to any of the three starters, you're in good hands with one of the backups. And then finally at safety, this is where I had to take a cut because so at DN, they only kept five last year. I, I kept six on this. So at safety, they kept five last year. So in this, I only had to keep four, which I don't think they do, but you kind of have to do it. Um, for safety, I have Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Elijah Hicks, and Kendall Williamson. Obviously, Brisker and Jackson starting with Hicks and Williamson as the backups, Williamson being the rookie. I also could see a scenario where they keep Andrew Colbert um, and just release Kendall Williamson and stick him on the practice squad. He was just a you know, 2022 seventh-round pick. Don't think it means a ton to them. Um, I think they do the same with the defensive tackle they drafted. I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but he's the defensive tackle they drafted from an FCS school. Totally drawing a blank on his name. But um, I can see a scenario, too, where they keep these four and keep Adrian Colbert and then cut one of those DNs like Terrell Lewis and stick him on the practice squad. So, again, a lot of different things you can, you can do with this, de- with, uh, with this defense. I think on paper, this defense looks very solid. I think they're lacking a elite player on the front four, which is going to hurt them because an elite three technique is – arguably the most important part of this defense. If Dexter becomes that guy, though, and develops into that elite three tech, I'm going to be pretty dang excited because the he has the traits. He's just got to do it. He lines up almost identical to DeForest Buckner in terms of physical traits and athletic ability. So, again, a lot to see this season with this defensive group, a lot to see uh, of what they can be and what they can be long-term. So, overall, thank you all for tuning in. I'm glad to be back with the episodes. I'm going to be doing, again, weekly episodes that will release on Fridays, likely. I'm a day late because Thursday softball was a late night game. So um, I'm, I either I'm going to decide to either release episodes on Thursdays or Fridays, depending on uh, depending on what days work best for me. So, again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'll be back next week with more updates on hopefully training camp. And I believe preseason should be coming up here soon. So hopefully previewing a preseason game here soon. Um, I will see you guys next week.